Welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast, and today I hope the voters hear this. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast, and I have another guest today, um, and he is actually one of my really good friends. Um, and Best friends. <laughs> and the reason, please, please don't speak until I introduce you. Um, and the reason why I, I thought it would be good to have him on today is because um, yeah, when we just talk in in life, we rarely meet eye to eye. We argue about just about anything and everything. So, yeah, um, I, I think this episode's going to be equally controversial as it is entertaining. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome James Jim Lee. Hello. Yeah. So Jim, uh, yeah, he he goes by Jim. Um, he spells it. G Y M to be unique. Does that matter? I don't <laughs> think that matters. <laughs> just so, just so the audience knows uh, who you are. So, yeah, um, if you don't mind, if you can just give us a little background uh, of who you are. Sure. So, my uh, friends, long time ago. So, my my birth given name is James, but my friends gave me the name Jim at a thing where nobody knew me, just for fun. And then somehow that name became more popular than my original name. So that's the name that I go by now. Uh, consensus, but. I'm a student currently at Kennesaw State University studying English. Uh, I'll be done in the summer. And then uh, after that, uh, who knows? Uh, my plans, though, are to go to seminary. I serve as the pastor role at our church, Grace uh, Korean Presbyterian Church in Roswell. And that's it, I think, about my life. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, just uh, a general question. Mm. You s- seem to me like a very up to date in terms of like current events kind of guy and you're very educated oh well you're i feel like you do a lot of research on on those things sure um so i mean where does that come from are you is it just your personality or i think it's the time right now more than anything else and part of it being an english major we study a lot of history for some reason like a lot of old literature and Lately, uh, the past couple semesters, I've learned a lot about like the civil rights movement. And then this semester currently, we're learning a lot about the Holocaust, more than I've ever even imagined. There's so much more information out there. And, and right now, the way the climate of our country is, there's so much information out there. Anybody, anyone can just put out something and it, it becomes facts uh, for some people. And I think that's very dangerous. So mm-hmm. I like to educate myself with as much correct information as possible. And it's a lot of fun, too. But yeah. It's a, it just it just happens. Yeah, that's great. So, well, at this point, I would, do want to give a disclaimer about today's episode. Um, like Jim said, he is a student at Kennesaw, but he is not by any means an expert in any of the, the things that we're going to talk about. Neither am I. Um, we are just two people who enjoy talking about this. And yeah, it's, it's at the very least, um, what people can take away from this is um these like average people this is how they think this is mm-hmm. um um like what how they justify or how they rationalize some of the things out there and the three main topics we are talking about today because this episode is directed toward potential voters is is going to be uh, abortion immigration and taxes and near the end we might throw in a another one um I haven't told Jim yet what it is. Let's cool. See. Thanks. <laughs> see how Great. he does on his feet. And uh, again, just 
just hearing those topics, you know that these are very uh, controversial issues. I knew the topics and my ears perked up when you said abortion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, just just know that we, we're not experts. We don't claim to be. Mm. We have our personal own opinions. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't mean that we're, we're saying that we're right, but this is just the way that we think. Yeah. And for some of these topics, we, we actually are going to argue against what we personally believe just mm-hmm. so that we can have a conversation and a debate. We're not going to tell you which ones those are, just so um, you you won't know. But yeah, just keep that in mind. And um, if you hate us for some of the things we talk about, then you can always send me an email and you can give me feedback, educate us on oh, on, yeah. the, on the ways that we're incorrectly thinking. Ignorant. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, we need this kind of dialogue, especially in this political climate. Yeah. Just to add on a little bit. I think uh, I heard it on a TV show. The most important thing for an electorate, people who vote, it's uh, them being informed. And I hope more than anything else, more than like useful information, I hope it really makes the people who hear this want to know more about what's going on. And uh, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of misinformation out there. Again, like anybody can put anything out there and it's really dangerous. So we have to well educate ourselves on issues. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, let's just dive right into it. So the first topic we're going to talk about is uh, abortion. And I think this is topically relevant because from from a lay person's perspective, like me, I haven't dug into the policies or the laws. Mm -hmm. But what I've heard and I I feel like I know is that in New York, they recently passed a law where uh, a child can be aborted almost up, up until like complete full term, meaning like just any time before the actual birth. Um, they can have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And uh, conversely, in Georgia, like a few days ago, they passed a law saying um, if you hear heartbeat, then you cannot abort. And just because I'm a new father, um, I know that pretty much when you know, when you've confirmed that you are pregnant, that's when you can hear the baby's heartbeat. Like as early as eight weeks um, since the moment of conception, that's when you can start hearing the heartbeat so um yeah two states in this country have taken very uh approaches that are very on the opposite sides of the spectrum so yeah what are your stances on uh, abortion jim abortion is bad i just want to get that out there and from a from for me from a biological standpoint it's as soon as one cell becomes two i think once they start dividing you have like a person you know it's a living thing and uh you legally there's a lot of definitions and you can argue that point but i think uh, as soon as a single cell uh, starts dividing that's when you have like a like like a living thing and abortion is bad i think 100 percent is bad but what i don't like lately it's yes we should make abortion illegal and first abortion just in general it's very difficult if you're trying to get one there's so many restrictions, and uh, so the, the the law, it's like loosely worded. Basically, states can make it difficult for you, but not impossible. But that's just, it's subjective. And should anybody have one? I don't know. Are there any situations where somebody should have one? That's a thing I think we're going to talk a little bit more about. But just to say, don't do it. I think it's short-sighted because we have to fight for 
a lot of different things. What are some of the issues that that make a, a, a person want to have an abortion? Because I don't think anybody wakes up one day, oh my God, you know what? I'm just going to go do it. For no reason, I, I just don't want to have a baby. I think usually it's it's from a very difficult situation they make that choice. And we as a society and a government and you know people need to be better as uh, taking care of the whole situation rather than just, I don't know, like not cutting off the head of the problem. So when you say the whole situation, what, what does that entail? What does that cover? Uh, well, I, I, I will never know. Like I don't, so I, uh, a large portion of people, of ladies who get abortion, top three reasons, I think it's like not ready, can't afford it. And then and it's something like that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not like they, they're like, oh, I, I want to have a baby, but I can't. But it's more like I, I'm unable to because of emotional reasons, financial reasons. And, and we right. shouldn't just say, hey, you can't do it. You just have to basically ruin your life because it's expensive. It, mm-hmm. it costs money to have a baby. It's a, it's a big personal and emotional burden. Then we have to find, give them avenues to somehow maybe have the baby or give it up for adoption. Like it's not just clear cut and, and uh, the, the, the crazy thing about what government does right now, if you go in to, to have one, like they'll discourage you, which mm-hmm. I'm sure some people will, will agree with. But you're, you should not make it uh, like not more difficult in the way of, of barriers, but don't make it emotionally more difficult for the mom. Uh, what, what I'm trying to say is give her some options. It's mm-hmm. not just a hey, it's illegal. It's immoral. You shouldn't do it. Here are your options, though, X, Y, and Z. And these are the paths that you can take. And I think the, the reason why we don't focus on those things is it's because it costs more money. Mm. It costs money to take care of the, the, the mother who doesn't want to have the baby. But it's really cheap and easy to say abortion is illegal. And it's, it's like, good luck, you know? Mm. So the, I guess the opposite side of that, mm. I, I understand um, from the perspective of the mother that, of course— if it is a very, I mean, it is a very emotionally charged situation that brings them to even contemplate abortion, right? And that's great. Of course, I think we should look at um, the perspective of the mother and what brought them to that point mm-hmm. and, and everything. But the, the reason why I kind of disagree with what you're saying is because it leaves out the well-being of the baby entirely. Sure. All right. So it's, of course, yeah, we should do the best that we can to help this the woman out who financially might not be ready mm-hmm. or you know situationally might not be ready, but for the baby it's it's saying it's basically saying i'm it's not convenient for me, so you're just gonna lose your chance at life, sure, yeah, and as a government i I know that a lot of people think that you know the government shouldn't intrude upon like a woman's body and her decision to choose mm-hmm. abortion or not but i i feel like it is a government's responsibility to protect people who cannot protect themselves right so an unborn baby obviously cannot argue right for the for um illegalization of abortion because <laughs> they can't talk and mm-hmm. it's just it's very convenient to just dehumanize babies and say mm-hmm. you know they're they're just inconveniences so let's let's get rid of them but yeah man it's ever since i've been going to the uh the doctors with my wife and seeing the ultrasounds it's it's kind of crazy how 
how humanly formed they are even very early on like the eight week ultrasound I, I swear I can make out like the limbs and like it's it's very tiny yeah yeah right? but so it, it's just it's heartbreaking for me to hear people say that it's because it's an inconvenience mm -hmm. let's let's uh change the law so that it's you, you know what I mean sure so I I don't I think uh, so I don't, I don't know. I'm not like a doctor or anything. So where do we draw the line? Cause you're, you're, so again, I am against abortion. I just want to keep yeah, saying yeah. that. Yeah. But two things you said, the government should constitutionally, is it right? Cause the Supreme court has uh, regularly been saying like, no, it's not really right. And like, so uh, Roe versus Wade, a lot of people bring that up and there's some like iffiness and it, it's uh, subjective cause it's people making decisions of course. And it's not like a perfect system. But where do we draw the line on how much the government can affect our decisions? Like, uh, uh, and, and, and oh, that's one point. And the second point is, what's the second point? Something about women. And it's, so it's two. So how much, so it's all about shifting burden. Mm. How much right. burden do we shift on to the, to, to the mother who doesn't want to? And what if there are health uh, complications? If, we, if she has a 99% chance, let's say just, so... I know uh, we talked about this before. The baby, if you have an abortion, 100%, it's not going to make it. Right. Okay. But uh, if the, like, what percentage, if the, the, the mother's life is in danger, like, when do we say, okay, this is, where do we draw lines? Or is it 100, even if, even if there's a 100% chance, do we just say, sorry, you have to have the baby anyways? So the, for the point on the uh, constitutionality of um, abortion, mm -hmm. I, I feel like the constitution, was created to be amended so um a lot of the like those court cases i feel like if i'm not if, if i'm correct they were ruled during a time where um like ultrasounds and like really understanding what the baby inside the womb was it wasn't like as 70s. developed right so now, now with technology like because back then it's very i'm sure people just thought oh they're nothing until they actually come out of the womb right but um, well, that decision is still being made now, like people in New York, how they're loosening restrictions. So who's making I mean, I agree. I think so within the first couple months, they, they're the, the fetus is growing limbs. You can see fingers like a lot mm. of stuff is happening. Right. So, uh, yeah, people right now, for some reason, they, they they deem it right up until the baby comes out. It's not really a baby. Right. So, well, for me, it's with our technology today. Right. So what I'm saying is that if with better technology mm -hmm. if we have the if you have better understanding of what uh, actual fetus is like then i think the like rulings in the supreme court for like you, you know road v's road v, weight yeah, yeah weight um like i think those can be like overturned um and you know we have amendments for a reason to to change the constitution as as we need to um well so so yes amendments should be made like the like the fugitive slave law of course like those should have been amended and and but i think they were amended because the heart of our constitution our country's constitution is freedom like the person uh individual person's freedom so does restricting a woman's right to her body i mean it's technically legally even it's hers uh how far does the government uh intervene in in situations like that and is that constitutional right yeah so i, I think the dividing point here um, the the people that have arguments about this, mm -hmm. I think the main difference is what people 
consider the fetus, right? Sure. So yeah, absolutely. I think people who are more pro-choice, they consider the fetus just purely a part of that woman's body, right? Mm. The mother's body. Whereas I actually think that at the moment of conception, I don't know, maybe a little, maybe a few days after, but it's, I, I think of them as two like opposite being, like not opposite, sorry, two separate beings, sure. right? Two separate human beings um, with, you know, like a baby, I think, has potential for a full life. And to discount their the validity of their livingness, mm-hmm. I think, is really where the dividing point is. Well, see, that's, that's a really interesting point because uh, recently there was a baby who was born at 21 weeks, earlier than ever, ever before. Like uh, the... It's in Japan, right? Yeah, I, I don't know where, yeah. but the, the consensus... Uh, in medical communities before it was like 22 weeks that's like the bare minimum you yeah. can't go before that because if you go anywhere like tw- if you go 20 weeks baby's gonna come out with minimum long-term problems uh, on the uh, bigger end it could have permanent like huge problems and even death okay right. so 20 weeks it's it's almost not viable so so then what do we do with women who percentage-wise their health or life is in danger up until like the 20th week point do we, as a society, as a government, say, hey, sorry, hmm. you just got to keep going? Because uh, once you're at 20 weeks, every week it raises up like 10%, 20% more of the, the child being like, you know, fine. Right. So I'm, I was trying to think of situations where that would be the case, where because of the baby, mm-hmm. the mother's life is in danger. Because, mm-hmm. well, maybe like cancer, right? So sure. if, if someone's diagnosed with cancer, then... And she needs to do the chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Can't that, do that would with the baby. I think that would terminate the baby, yeah. right? So in in that situation, like, yeah, I, I guess that's that's a tough call. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know medically like how long you can wait since diagnosis to mm-hmm. chemotherapy. I don't know what. That's the... actually had an episode on House. Oh yeah, the lady actually at the end she died, but the baby mm-hmm. was okay. Right, something like that. I think she had cancer. Yeah, she had. Cancer. Yeah, so maybe it's a it's not like a, a sweeping policy sure. right it, there has to be contingencies or there has to be like mm-hmm. exceptions made right because because another big sticking point that a lot of people talk about is is rape yeah what do you do about a baby that's conceived through rape mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that i i don't know i mean rape is bad and abortion is bad but i i can't even imagine myself in that situation like the, the crime against a person, it's bad enough, but then to have like leftover remaining consequences of it, I, I don't know the emotional toil, the, the, the toll, the physical, like it's, it sucks. And uh, so in that situation, if I'm a woman who had to experience that, and just from that, I feel like a lot of women have a hard time recovering anyways. Mm, then I'm right. told, hey, the baby that's inside of you, you have to take it to at least 22 weeks. Sorry. That's... Right. That's tough. And does the government have the right to do that? I don't I don't know. Hmm. I mean, constitutionally, maybe not. Morally, maybe yes. Hmm. But we're not here to argue what the government should do morally because, you know, that's not going to happen anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. So, yeah, me too. So, again, when I think about that from the perspective of, of, a, baby. of, of a baby, because let's just say that I myself, were pro- I'm not, but let's say that I, I were a product of rape. Mm-hmm. 
like I don't think that fact alone would make me love my life any less. You know what I mean? Like, like it sucks for me because I was conceived from such a horrible situation, mm -hmm. but to say that that disqualifies me from having life, that's also very tough, I think. And it's, of course, it's easy to say that. Um, it's easy to say, like, we need to consider the, the emotional well-being of the mother because the mother, like, she can verbally, physically express yeah. her emotional state, right? But for a, a child, of a baby that's, you know, who knows? Like, who knows what type of brain activity is even going on? Like, just, like it's, a, it's very easy to just say that we can care about them less. But it's probably because I'm about to have a kid that mm -hmm. I, I'm just more... I think yeah. more from the perspective of the baby. I'm not close to having a child. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, man, it's, of course, it, no, it, I agree. it's tough. Yeah. I agree. Like, uh, like, even mathematically, if the the woman had a 99% chance of being okay, then I would say push forward until the, the she can have some sort of birth. But, so, if we yeah. say abortion... Well, let me uh, uh, explain that math thing real quick. So, yeah. Yeah, Jim and I had this conversation before, but... So what, what we're saying is that whatever the uh, percentage chance given to the mother of survival is, if it's lower than 100, mm. then overall for the two people, um, not abortion increases the chances of survivability. So what I mean is if, if the mother has a 50% chance of dying because of, of carrying the child, if she decides to abort the child, then that's a hundred percent chance that the child will die, mm. right? Yeah. Um. So, if if she doesn't, then it's you split the difference. It's seventy five percent chance for both. Um. So it's it's better than a hundred percent. Is 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 what we're saying? Yeah. For, you know, thinking about it, like we should try to find the chances, the best chance, do the things where the best chance of both parties surviving. Okay. If if like uh for some reason like. Did, just anyway this is gonna sound bad but if if continuing to carry that baby for a couple more weeks drastically hurts the the mother's chances of you know living mm. i don't think that's a good good um good solution and then of course yeah ab abortion is bad i think abortion <laughs> is bad yeah yeah man so yeah oh sorry so shifting burden that's what we're just all, that's all it is if if we as a society mm. as I don't know, Christians, as Republicans, whatever, we want to say abortion is wrong and we should make it illegal, then we, if we do that, just that alone, you're shifting burden completely on to the mothers. Mm. If you want to do that, then we have to be able to accept some of the burden ourselves as a country. And that means we're going to be spending tax money to do that. If you want right. a woman who's at like three weeks, you want her to wait till 23 weeks, someone's going to have to pay for that, okay? The burden of mm. cost, at least, is going to have to go somewhere. And then, uh, I think there are opportunities for adoption. Uh, like the person adopting will accept all the costs to have that mother take it all the way to whatever full term. And, you know, there mm. are stuff like that. But again, some people, I don't know what the system is. And I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why every person who wants to have an abortion doesn't have that pathway to do so. But again, we as a country are should be willing to take on the financial responsibilities of all of this. And, and not only that, I think education is very important, like sex education, right. making birth control available to everybody, especially, you know, if you're like lower income families. Hmm. So stuff like that. So I think there is a little bit of that 
that happens, right? So for people yeah. who, I mean, because um, during pregnancy, mm -hmm. the cost to go to see doctors and all that, it's, it's really high. But because it's like healthcare issue, um, for people in mm -hmm. low income there are some situations. like scholarship type things kind of yeah stuff. there's yeah. subsidies there's yeah. like medicaid mm -hmm. medicare yeah um i forget which one's medicare's for old people medicaid's I, I I yeah one of those right yeah. um so i think a little bit there there is social programs that do help mm. people who are in need in that situation and even after birth like if you can't take a can't take care of the child um, well, obviously, there's first there's tax incentives or not incentives, but tax breaks for mm -hmm. having a dependent child. Yeah. Um, there's like welfare. There's food stamps. There's there there are um, federal assistance programs that mm -hmm. financially can help the mother a little bit. I mean, I'm, it's not a perfect program at all, but yeah. Um, I think there are there are things out there that maybe people don't know about. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and because of that unknowing, they yeah might contemplate might yeah. think of abortion more i'm gonna assume the majority of women who seek abortion they're afraid right of whatever factors there are and there there is a disconnect right now from maybe some of the programs that we're offering to being reached to the people who need them and we have to somehow close that gap and we again as if we're if we as a country as a society want to draw that line saying abortion is wrong then I hope you're willing to to financially, physically, emotionally take care of the mothers who you're forcing to have children. Right. And so yeah. So care. then, would that be a like a for anyone who's pregnant, mm -hmm. the country is gonna pay for their pregnancy costs? <laughs> I guess. Well, see, now we're going into territories of like universal health care mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I just don't think anybody. Like, see, some people think, oh, this person, because of the life they live, they don't deserve X, Y, and Z things right. from, you know, whatever. And I, I just don't like that attitude. But hey, you know, actually, let's uh -huh. let's make that the fourth topic. Fourth topic? Yeah. Healthcare. The healthcare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's save that okay. talk for... We're already for, at, like, a lot of minutes. It's now, okay. Right? No, this is... Okay. This might be very long. So, okay. yeah. So, abortion, um, just to summarize... Um, it's bad. It's... I think it's bad. Um, <laughs> there's... But there are considerations to make both from the mother's side yeah. um, and, and the costs that go into it and the reasons why people contemplate abortion, I think, yeah, yeah. is something we, very, we, we as a society, we need to think about. I'm mm -hmm. um, oh, sorry, real quick too. Yeah. A lot of people complain about looser restrictions. Right now, it's almost impossible. Like, it's crazy. Yes, mm -hmm. there are like, I think, a, how, how many? 100,000 abortions a year or something? Maybe even, a, I can't remember. It's, it's something, uh, it's like, uh, I, I rounded it up. I can't remember if it's 100,000 or a million. I know it's, that's a big disparity, but let's say it's a hundred thousand per year. <laughs> that a is a lot. Of 10. But it's uh, oh. you're right. Okay, I know. <laughs> but it's it's also been steadily decreasing since mm. like a few past few years. And right now it's very difficult. Like most states, it's like you have one option to go to anyway. And there's a right. lot of barriers and a lot of uh, legal like things to to go through before you actually have one. But anyways, yeah, it's not as easy as I think people are making it out to be. Yeah. So That's all. I mean, the the message here is um, there is it's a very complicated issue. Yeah. Um, there are things to consider both sides and yeah both sides yeah we need to i think as voters we need to you know know at least a little bit from each each side um their perspectives to yeah, make an informed decision on where they stand uh policy wise mm -hmm. so next um we're, we're going to talk about immigration and yeah so jim what do you what do you think about immigration i think immigration is good mm. so i, I think we're there's two two different um, 
categories here.、Mm. There's illegal immigration and what to do with the people who are here illegally, like DACA and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And there's、um, just immigration through the proper channels. And okay. Yeah. So, which, which one do you want to talk about first? Whatever you want. This is your show. You're right. Yeah. This is my <laughs>、like、show. You said it several <laughs> times today. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's talk about illegal immigrants. Okay. Yeah. Because with、uh, Donald Trump as president, oh, yeah. It's yeah.、Uh, I feel like it comes up like every week、um, in the wall and <coughs> all the crazy stuff happening、Excuse、with、me. it. And they're tearing down a, a bunch of it, right? But, a- anyways,、mm-hmm. so, yeah, wh- what do you think about the. What do you think about illegal immigration and the impact it has to our country? So, man, there's so many things to say. Let's, let's think about why people illegally immigrate to our country. It's for better opportunities, okay?、Right. Uh, so, I have a lot of experience、uh, with parents who are, who are, their status is questionable, and they have kids here who grow up citizens, and they, they work their butts off just so that their kids can have better lives. Mm-hmm. And our country is turning those people away. And why can't they come here through the right channels? You know what's really frustrating? I was on Facebook the other day, and、uh, it was a video about that Harvard、uh, grad. He's he an Asian guy who、yeah. uh, is a DACA recipient.、Yeah. And right now, because of like,、uh, the, the, the stuff happening in Washington, he, he's sort of in like, this loophole. If he leaves the country, he might not be able to come back. And he, he, uh, was, uh, he worked hard enough to receive a Rhodes Scholarship, I think. Right. Anyway, like a very prestigious, very difficult to get scholarship. Right. And、uh, I don't even know where I was going. Sorry. <laughs> It's okay. Oh, in the comment section, the comment section of the Facebook, they're like, oh, then this kid should have done it the right way. His parents shouldn't have come here you know, illegally, blah, 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 like that, stuff、right. like that. It's, it's very expensive and it, it's very, like, it, it takes a very, very long time. And, and the vetting process、uh, the government does on people, it's ridiculous and it, it, it's broken. So, the,、um, yeah. the legal、uh, pathway to citizenship or permanent residency, whatever, to our country is very, very difficult. And you're basically saying, if you're rich enough, if you have the time to do it, go ahead. But we're turning away people who can't afford to do that stuff. And that's. The message I think we're sending to, to foreigners. Yeah, and the wait list, I think, is It's incredibly、yeah. long right now. Yeah.、Um, so, my mom actually, she, well, she's a permanent resident,、mm-hmm. but she needed to、um, renew her green card. Yeah. And she applied for renewal May of 2018,、mm-hmm. and it's still not ready yet. For a renewal. For a renewal.、Okay. Yeah. I mean, both her kids are U.S. citizens,、yeah. her husband is a U.S. citizen, and For even someone like her, it's, it's a lot of like waiting. And, yeah. 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 And there's people who do it the same way. And like some people have lawyers, some people just do it on their own and, you know, like fill out the forms and stuff. It, it seems sometimes to me, it's like they pick and choose. It's like random. It's like they throw their、uh, dart at a bunch of names and just, you know, it happens by accident almost. It, it doesn't、yeah. seem like there is some clear, smooth process and pathway to. To residency. I know in it's either the 60s or 70s when there was a huge influx of people coming into the country.、Mm-hmm. Um, one of the policies was if, there, if you have a relative who already resides in the US,、mm-hmm. then the pathway is made much easier for you. So the, the mentality was、um, if you're already here and you're a productive member of our society,、yeah. then you know, your relatives or friends are, well, I guess, I, I think the rule was for. Like blood relatives,、mm-hmm. or actually, I think in laws as well. Like, if you're related in any way, then、wow. 
it's in the 60s yeah then it's it's easier so that's why you hear a lot about um like especially for like asian americans um a lot of people have family members who are like married to like gis or something oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then like it's through that one person they you know come into the country mm. like the entire family yeah um so yeah it's the the, the selection process um I think has changed since then. Yeah. So it's, it is very, I, I understand it to be very convoluted and complex and yeah. there's a huge wait list, but the obvious opposition to what you're, you're saying here. Sure. Yeah. What is, are, what's the problem with letting a lot of people come here? Yeah. So that, that's the thing. It's, um, regardless of how complicated and expensive and long the process is, if us as a country decided that that is the way to enter, into mm. this country illegally then no matter your situation like we don't really care about your situation you have to do like what we say right so it, it's basically like saying no, this is my house i don't care how bad it is out there if you want to come into my house you have to abide by you know the protocols and processes that i have in place okay i understand the analogy for sure mm -hmm. but it's like such a at such a small scale and it doesn't make a so the problem with that analogy is that uh i mean first is there room in our country i think there is room do immigrants hurt our country in any way the numbers say no having more more people come here and 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 add to so okay so let's uh, what's a tangible thing that immigrants do immigrants have been paying into the government through taxes more than they've been taking out and especially, so so the baby boomer problem. Soon, I mean, I, I think it's happening right now. We have more people taking Social Security out of the government, more so than people in our workforce is paying into it. So it's a deficit every, right. yeah. And uh, some of the th ways that we balance that out is immigrants coming here and they pay taxes and, and, uh, and yeah, it, it helps our economy. Just That's just one thing. Im uh, immigrants coming to our, our country they help our economy. Like if you look at uh, some studies that have been done, even large cities with large populations of uh, illegal immigrants, their their economy economy it, uh, it it's uh, it it like strengthens it. Mm -hmm. So I can't see the downside of just okay. So we shouldn't let anybody in without any sort of restrictions at all. But I think most people can agree who have experience immigrating uh, here legally. It's very very difficult and expensive, and it's it, it doesn't make any sense. So there should be some reform for it for sure. And we definitely shouldn't have, like, not sovereign borders or whatever. Like, it, we're a country. I, I get it. Right. But, again, what are the problems with letting people in more smoothly? So, I, what, I, what I would say to that is you're coming from a perspective of because it's good, we should allow it to happen. What? Yes. Wait, Usually. Huh? What was is that thunder? Thunder? I don't know. <laughs> sorry, you're breaking the magic right now. No, sorry. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you're, so you're saying because more people in the country, like more, like it's beneficial, right? To so have more immigrants come into our country. But the thing is, that might be that might be the case. No. But I think the reason why we have borders and like processes for legal immigration, it's not because we're trying to increase our economy. Like that's not the purpose of it. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's more about like security. It's, it's about um, being, I mean, as a, as a sovereign nation, as a, as a state. No, sure. Right. It's, yeah, we should decide who gets to come in, who, who can't. Right. Better, better right now. It, it seems almost random who, who mm -hmm. gets to stay here. And again, the only people who can, okay. So this is 
sometimes I will generalize things from my very small understanding. I mm. I haven't studied the immigration process because it's huge. Okay? Right. Yeah. But from just my experiences with with like real people, it's very expensive and very difficult. What does that say to me? That if you're poor, you can't come here. I'm sorry. Like that's isn't that what the reality of the situation so, is? So I mean, what what's the alternative though? You get to stay in your home country. Like, mm. why is it the why is it the U.S.'s responsibility to allow poor people to come in? Well, so why did anybody come to the U.S.? Like from the 1700s, why did anybody come here? For opportunity. Yes. <laughs> like uh, the the reason why colonies started here in like uh, New England and stuff, it's because people in Europe thought they could make more money here. Yeah. Like, so well, so then uh-huh. like that back then, right? Yeah. There was no United States of America. It's sure it was just land that people can go to. That was actually, yeah. That was owned by somebody Yeah, Yeah, no, uh-huh. no, I agree, I agree. Yeah. But, so yeah, that, I understand the parallel between, you know, the Europeans who came back when the Native Americans were already living here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, realistically speaking, it's as sad as it sounds. If, if your country is invaded and you lose, then it's no longer your country. Invasion? Wait, wait so what are we... No, so we, uh-huh. the, the the reason I'm saying this, I mean, it's, it's going to sound, yeah, it sounded yeah. really it, bad. It's already sounding bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. No, but what, what I'm saying is the, the U.S. is a country. Yeah, it is. It wasn't back then. Sure. It was not uh-huh. a globally, like, uh-huh. Uh, so, uh-huh. acknowledged state, uh-huh. right? Okay. So now that it is, mm-hmm. what responsibility does the U.S. have to okay. allowing you know, like, yo, if we talk about responsibility, uh-huh. I think especially because we are one of the biggest, like wealthiest com- uh, countries mm-hmm. with the with the like by far the biggest military. I uh, we're, we're we are. But uh, military spending, it's like the the sum of the next like 20 countries. Yeah. Okay? It's outrageous. Mm. What responsibility do we have ethically and morally? I think we have the responsibility to stop when people are getting hurt, period. Like stop what? Uh, let's uh, persecutions. I mean, there, there's just conflicts all over the world. Yeah. Should we be the world's police? I don't know. I mean, maybe not, not like uh, p- politically we shouldn't be. Yeah. But uh, just, just let's. I can only think of examples through, uh, through like history. Okay. Okay. Let's say um, what really bugs me: World War Two. Okay. We waited as long as possible to not get involved. I think while we were doing that, sixty million people died. Right. When was it time for us to be like, hey, let's do something about it? Yeah, it doesn't affect us directly, hmm. but shouldn't we as humans do something about it? And I think that that's right now. Right now, we just don't want to be bothered because hmm. it first it's that's I think that lacks empathy. I don't understand their situation. I got my own problems. Let's not worry about their problems like that's I just don't understand that mentality. Right. But so I think there's a difference, though, uh, between going out and intervening mm-hmm. and then coming in so and allowing people yeah. to come in let's yeah. talk about that what what's the problem with letting mm-hmm. people come in because it somehow affects the sovereignty of our borders mm-hmm. that's it yeah no i think that's a huge deal though i think so like because we no longer will be the united states of america so in like, what way what does well, that mean because what you're saying is if we allow because there's a huge refugee crisis in, sure. the, in syria and all that mm-hmm. right what if the U.S. says, you know what, we're going to bring all of them in? How's like, we've never seen that large of a refugee group displaced. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I, I don't think, I think in the history of mankind, the refugee crisis in Syria is one of the biggest. Really? That's crazy. I, I think so, yeah. Like Holocaust, too, compared to them. Well, that's not a lot really of people. They came to America, right? Right. Yeah. No, but then like the the fact that these people are displaced from their their home country. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, if if we were to bring all these people in, yeah, we don't know what the impact of that is going to be to our country. Sure. Economically speaking, sure. Um, just politically speaking, even. Sure. So to say that because. It's either or, right? If we take on this responsibility, mm -hmm. then we have to take care of the entire world, right? If not, if we're selective, then I, I think it's, mm -hmm. we're not really taking on that responsibility. So is it uncertain? Absolutely it is. Yeah. Uh, but the, the numbers say generally when immigrants come here, even Ill illegal immigrants, they come here for uh for like good reasons and they and they give back to our country more than they take i think that's the fear like will we have to bear a, a bigger financial burden for these people and that's a legitimate fear but the numbers say no not really you know uh i so i asked one of my so i know somebody in high school this kid and he uh -huh. he let me share this story he doesn't ha he has questionable status in this country okay. and he has his first job and of course it's under the table because you know like he right. yeah he can't even get a work permit as a high school kid but anyways uh he wants to pay taxes and i was like why you mm. barely make any money he was like because people say that about illegal immigrants how we we're here to take stuff like they don't get really anything from the country but more often they're giving back and i think like it's it's uncertain for sure. Well, could bad things happen? Absolutely, mm. bad things could happen. But I think it says more about us now that just because okay, I can't think of a lot of other reasons other than possibly it could make us bear a greater financial b a burden. But outside of that, if that's the only reason, I don't think that's good enough to say no. You're in trouble. We don't really care. Right. So, yeah. So that's that's it for the. Um illegal immigrants because like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just looking at the time and i'm just yeah, trying to yeah. move the conversation along and i honestly i i, I don't know if i can provide any further mm -hmm. um pushback to that because i think we covered a lot right it's with illegal immigrants it's um mostly speaking from what we've observed we don't it, it's a net positive in yeah. terms of yeah. taxes um but again we don't know what's going to happen if we sure. swing the doors wide okay. open. So one more thing That's, about, mm -hmm. uh, so how do, how do like, so I think people are afraid of like terrorists and stuff like yeah. that. They, the, the border issue is a big one. Like the wall is going to protect us from, from like terrorists coming over. They come on visas, tourist yeah. visas, business visas. They come here and they just overstay. That's how a lot of them come. And uh, the, this fear about drugs, this is something I researched also. Like we're afraid all these drugs and like criminals are going to pour in through the borders. One, uh, immigrants generally commit crimes at a smaller percentage than like like average citizens. So citizens will uh, like uh, compared to the rest of the population, greater larger percentage of you know crimes are being committed by by people. That's the first thing. Second thing is drugs. The top three drugs used in America right now it's alcohol, prescription pills, and uh, marijuana. Like it it it's not illegal immigrants flooding our country with drugs. We it's here right, already. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think that that fear of like terrorists and yeah. um, like crime and all that, I think that's mostly just a talking point for the president to uh, yeah, spot it's, off. A, it's political, just yeah, it's like propaganda, right? And right. yeah, it, it's completely. But 
as as a data analyst, mm-hmm. I do want to make uh, point out one thing about your statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume that the mag- the order of magnitude in terms of how much like legal citizens there are in the U.S. versus illegal immigrants mm-hmm. is probably pretty high. So, I wonder. How- Like, sure. Yeah. Just per- using percentages to yeah, compare yeah. the two no, might not be. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, yeah, but no, but it is a, it is a good mm-hmm. point though, because um, there is no empirical evidence to say that yeah illegal immigrants are like more dangerous. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the, what what about like legal immigration? Do you have any opinions about that? No, I mean <laughs> the process is hard enough. If you can yeah. get here legally, that's great, mm-hmm. and. I think something like more than half of so more so I think two big things more than half of uh, the billion dollar companies has like I, I don't know if like the it started or owned by or CEO by like you know immigrants I can't remember something like that more than half of the small businesses also in our country being started are by immigrants yeah so these legal immigrants who come they're paying their taxes they're contributing to our economy what are you mad about are you mad I mean it's it's I don't want to take it there but is it racial Is it because they're stealing your jobs? I just mm. don't get it. Because even that, like, uh, that idea that they're stealing your jobs. Every, uh, anyways, like, okay, so um, China yeah. stealing our jobs. If you don't want China to take our manufacturing jobs, then you can't shop at Walmart. Right. Like companies yeah. are doing taking their stuff overseas to lower their prices for the consumer. The consumer is dictating what they want to buy, and you're buying China's. goods i don't get it so you can't have it both ways you're i don't know i don't know what the fear is or where it's coming from but i think we need to be more honest it's not i'm i'm worried my country is going to turn into something dangerous it's 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 something else because the numbers say immigrants and even illegal immigrants generally are adding to our society like you said a net positive right yeah yeah and i, th- I think with uh, legal immigration um one of the things that people say is you know aliens are taking away our jobs right yeah i think there's a little bit of validity to that because we do give out visas for um i I think they call it like for like specially skilled people like doctors yeah like um there's there's a lot of visas for like i know a lot of like celebrities or like performance artists they use that um visa to come in um so i mean there there is a little bit of validity there um and I actually don't know if they pay taxes. Well, I don't know about well, I don't know about taxes because, um, but I know like, if you're a doctor from another country, you're coming here because we need it. Like they're not just giving out those special skill visas mm. for no reason. Right. It's uh, occupations that are in demand in our country. Do they pay pay taxes? I'm gonna assume they do, but even when you come here, it's like really difficult. You're getting paid less than everybody else. Like it's not an ideal situation either. With, with the tax thing, I think. Um, If you're not a citizen and you're here on a work visa, mm-hmm. your tax rate might be different. Because I only know because I, I don't know if it's the case for the U.S., but I know that um, people who go from here to a, a different country, mm-hmm. the the way that they're taxed in that country and the w- amount of tax they have to send back to the U.S. it's it's like it's different. So yeah, so I I don't know how that works on when for people coming in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I think I think fear can drive. It, it can motivate people mm. a lot. I think the fear narrative, the rhetoric is it's so like strong right now because our economy, it's like some people are really struggling and I get it, mm. but you shouldn't shift the blame to 
Like there is no scapegoat. There is no bad guy that's mm-hmm. taking away your financial blessings. Right. But uh, what's another thing? And uh, there's a misconception. Illegal immigrants, they can pay taxes. And a lot of them do. Like sales tax? No, like uh, I can't remember. I think it was income tax. You can like apply and do something to to pay taxes. I don't know how or why, hmm. but you can. And yeah. You know, one thing I actually don't get is like we're setting up all these things for illegal immigrants, right? And I understand that because that's the that's just what the reality is. We have illegal immigrants in this country. But if we're set like why don't we I, I guess this is to your point, if we're setting up all these like special programs and avenues for illegal immigrants to do this and that why are they still illegal? I mean, the whole immigration process, I, I feel like needs to be expedited at that point. If if we're making special considerations for people here illegally. Like, I think we were making strides, like the, the DACA program. So basically what that is, it's if you're here at a certain age, like a really young age, and your parents brought you, you didn't have a choice to come here, but you're here now, you could still have certain privileges, like uh, go to school, uh, go to college even. I mean, but if, if an illegal immigrant attends college, it's not illegal to do so, but it's it's very expensive. So if you can afford to go to college, great, you can. Right. And uh, you can like apply for a work permit and stuff like that. But they're trying to get rid of it. And I, yeah, I, I don't, I just don't get it. Like what, what's the purpose of doing stuff like that? And and uh, so, so uh, another thing, like we hear a lot about how families are being separated. This is an extreme case. What we are doing as a country right now, we're separating kids from their parents. And yeah, I guess uh, they deserve it because they broke the law, whatever. That's fine if you believe that. Hmm. But these kids, these young kids are being separated from their families. And this one kid I saw a video clip of, he was crying because he didn't see his mom as his mom anymore because she let these people separate him from her. Okay, that's the emotional trauma that we're causing, not just emotionally, but people die in custody like this. Yeah, uh, I saw a, a like a congressional whatever meeting or with somebody, some whoever's in charge of overseeing that stuff. She didn't even have the numbers of how many people died while in that custody, hmm. like the illegal immigrant custody. So like, that's what we're doing. We're letting people die. Yeah, but you know that's that's a risk that they know when they come here, right? They know that that's a risk. No, sure. Are, should they be free? I don't know. I don't know. But I think there has to be huge reform because right yeah. now we're just dropping the ball all over the place. Mm. And that's for illegal immigrants and illegals and just, yeah, it's it's a mess. And I think we're fighting for the wrong thing. Right now we're fighting for a border wall that everybody says it's not going to work and it's yeah. going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, anyways, it just, nothing makes <laughs> sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, so... Immigration, again, is, is a very complicated and... Yeah, everything is. It's just an issue. It's, it's, there's so many different perspectives that we need to look at. Because yeah. um, I think we spoke a lot from the perspective of an illegal immigrant. Mm-hmm. But for people who feel threatened by illegal immigration, we don't know the reasons, right? We, we said, you know, there's a net positive in terms of, like, finances when illegal immigrants come to a region. But... Um, maybe, maybe there's a point that we're missing. Maybe there is a valid reason that people maybe are, you know, concerned about immigration. But yeah, we don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, again, it's there's it's a very complicated yeah. issue. And I'm open to it. I'm open to hear like anybody's opinions and arguments. Yeah, but let's for sure. make like logical ones. 
Yeah. That's yeah. it. And like, you know, based on facts. Yeah. So if you if you don't like illegal immigrants or immigration or whatever the case is, <laughs> let us know and give us a reason. Um, this, that's not a challenge. That's a genuine curiosity thing. We, we want to be educated. Um, so, yeah. Next topic on deck is taxes. And I think we should talk a little bit. We, we can tie in a little bit about um, illegal immigration into this topic as well. Because, yeah, illegal immigrants, a big part of it is um, their impact in terms of taxes, right? We, we touched on it a little bit. But um, just in general... Um, like broad overview of tax of the tax system in the u.s what are what are your opinions we have to pay taxes (laughs) (laughs) yes taxes are good taxes are good okay well i mean again like i I think unpopular opinion it well so people (laughs) want to pay pay less taxes but then what's going to happen like to run the government it costs money is the government using our money wisely i don't know i don't know not really i don't think so i think we're spending way too much money here and there but generally, like, we all pay a little so we can have sovereign borders. We can have a military. I mean, uh, there are some things that the government is doing that's really great. Uh, a lot of things they're doing that isn't so great. But I, I think that comes into play for us to to really educate ourselves and not just complain about I'm paying too much taxes. Well, first, we got to see where taxes are going, hmm. what services we should keep you know, doing or what services we should cut out. And uh, well, the, so again, like even the system, uh, the, the government, like politicians and stuff, there's way too much money influencing decisions. But generally, I think taxes are OK and, and we should be paying it as uh, citizens. So for a citizen who pays like income tax mm-hmm. to see a illegal immigrant who does not pay income tax mm-hmm. and maybe not even like like the their employers you know there's taxes involved with employing different people yeah um like don't you kind of understand the frustration um because it seems like a unlevel playing field at that point what would you what would you say to that so let's so i I, so a lot of things i have to do in my head it's Mm. to simplify let's simplify this a lot let's say two people earning minimum wage one under the table one who's like working and getting paid like eight bucks an hour he, the person who is working legitimately is getting what, like 20, 25, 30% taken uh, out of his paycheck. Yeah. Is that fair? No, I don't think that's fair. But then for me, that's an argument for, yeah, let's try to, you know, get their status correct. These people who are working, contributing, let's uh, get them some sort of residency and they can pay taxes. I think that if you are upset that illegal immigrants who are working aren't paying taxes, then, you know, how do we change that? Kick them out of the country? Okay, yeah. Well, one of the reasons why, I, you know, you uh, said that in regions where illegal immigrants come and work, yeah. they're, like the overall economy goes up, right? Yeah. I actually think that a lot of that has to do with um, like small businesses and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the fact that they have cheap labor. Like they, they have the opportunity to pay people pretty much like illegally um less than minimum wage okay yeah some people are working for less than i first i want to say it's very unusual for i'm I'm sure there are Mm. but i don't think i don't know i'm just generalizing Mm. but let's say the minimum wage is like eight bucks are 
illegal immigrants working for like let's say five dollars an hour i don't know that's so if, if, even if that's not the case yeah. for a small business owner mm-hmm. they can pay that illegal immigrant eight bucks at minimum wage mm. but if it's under the table there's no taxes that they have to pay on sure. the employee there's no um like insurance mm-hmm. even like a lot of the things that because there's a lot of hidden costs in employing someone mm-hmm. um and if, if you can do it just much easier and at the same price that another person would get um i, I think if the business owner feels like they can get away with it why why wouldn't they Because, like, as Asian Americans, sure. if we're, like, just to be really honest, mm-hmm. a lot of our parents, the way that they started and even continue to run their, like, small businesses, it's it's with the labor of illegal immigrants because they can't, they wouldn't have been able to afford um, people, like, outright, right? Yeah. Doing, like, paying them, mm-hmm. like, proper minimum wage, um Doing, paying for all the taxes, paying for all the insurance and all those kind of things. So there is an economic boost that happens when um, people employ illegal immigrants. But from the perspective of someone who's willing to work those minimum wage jobs, it it can feel like they like took their jobs, right? So I think, so again, a lot of the things it's uh, that I say will be from experience and generalizations and extrapolations. But I'm going to assume most jobs that immigrants are working, illegal immigrants are working. They're not like in favorable conditions. Okay. That's one. Yeah. And, uh, I think the vast majority, I'm going to say like plus 90% of the jobs in our economy, they're not being held by, um, illegal immigrants. So that, that small boost, small businesses get from cheap labor. I'm going to say it's fairly negligible. Uh, can like big companies do it illegally? I don't know. I guess you can, but I'm pretty sure there there should be at least some backlash to that. But um, generally, what I think the benefit of uh, illegal immigrants coming and, and, and like holding jobs down, it's it's their spending. You have to spend money and that's yeah. that helps uh, an economy grow. If everybody starts all of a sudden saving, then our economy will start to struggle. But I think right. having like money just out there generally, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then just kind of segueing from that, mm-hmm. I have I have a specific question I want to ask you. Sure. <laughs> um, regarding taxes. Okay. And I, I don't know if it's super related to taxes, but mm-hmm. have you have you heard of uh, Andrew Yang? No. He is a Democratic presidential oh, yeah, candidate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Hopeful, I guess. Um, and he's he's trying to be uh he's trying to run for president in twenty twenty. And his biggest platform that he's running off of right now is the idea of the universal basic income. I know they brand, he branded it as a, the freedom dividend because it, the idea is we're not just giving people free money. It's because you're invested in this country, you get a dividend from the economic prosperity of this country. So, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah. What do you think about that? Cause I, I know there's a lot of, pushback because it's supposedly too much it feels like socialism sure and it's so the 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 number that he's thinking is for every adult over the age of 18 they would get two thousand dollars no i'm sorry it's one thousand dollar a month so what do you think i don't mind getting a thousand dollars a month (laughs) but yeah 
what's the downside? Like, is this going to cause, uh, uh, like, our is, is this going to cost a lot more for our, our government? I mean, every there's 325 million people in this country. How many are over 18? Probably most of them, right? And yeah, then each of those lot. people, you know, getting $1,000. Where is this money coming from? I think, do you know? Yeah, so actually, um, so he was on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. And he broke it down. Um, a, a, the big thing that he wants to do is add a value add tax it's called the VAT the value added tax okay um, a lot of pretty much every developed country has this except the US but mm. it's a way to charge and tax like big companies like Amazon Facebook like Amazon as a company they actually didn't pay any taxes last year in fact what? yeah Amazon did had negative taxes they get they got money back because um, they they get so much tax incentive because they create jobs and from the state, the federal level, I think. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't really know how taxes work with companies. I mean, of course, there are taxes involved with the people that work for Amazon, right? I'm sure they sure. all pay in income tax and all that. But as a as a business entity, I was told that Amazon did not pay any tax. Like the biggest country in the world right now isn't paying taxes. Yeah. Cool. The, the biggest company. Yeah. So um, Andrew Yang's idea is to, if you have this value add tax, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but um, it's something like um, taxing Amazon by like transaction or something so that um, no matter what they do have end up having to pay tax. And, and same for Facebook, same for Google. And um, he also said that there are a fair amount of money already being given out to people um, in, in in the form of Medicaid, in the form of welfare and things like that. So the $1,000 per month is not on top of all those things that you're already receiving. Okay, yeah, cool. It's, it's only up until the government will give you $1,000, no questions asked, uh, per okay. month. So uh, w with all these things in mind, um, and also the fact that, um, like you were saying, if people have an extra $1,000 a month, they're going to spend money, mm. spending money, recirculates the money into it's the like economy the reverse trickle down effect which i don't get i think uh with this it's presidency, the bottoms up effect yeah, yeah like yeah there's this idea that if we give these big companies tax breaks it'll trickle down that just goes against <laughs> i think human nature yeah yeah <laughs> but uh it's uh it make i mean instead of hoping that it'll trickle down it actually has reached the citizens and and i i can't if, if we can afford it then i don't see any downside because i think the biggest issue in a country right now it's wealth inequality yeah i think 80 85 percent of the wealth is being controlled by 25 percent of the people wow i'm yeah. actually surprised i thought the 25 percent would be would have been lower smaller. right yeah, yeah uh well this is just like a google search and maybe yeah. it's different but I, it's it's minimum that right, right. yeah so man yeah like that's the biggest issue and i think that would cause a lot of problems to change i think people when the the pressures of like their finances goes away we'll be able to be more understanding of other people's situations and i think our country will just move towards i don't know better morality i don't know what to call it but just be nicer like right. uh, so i'm a christian if you guys don't know and and uh, i try to frame all the things that is going on and try to make my decisions not just how i feel but also through what the bible says and the bible talks a lot about helping your foreigners and, and taking care of orphans and widows and stuff and i think Hmm. For me as a Christian, I just can't like learning about what Jesus said to turn my back on people who need help. And whether that's uh, illegal immigrants, whether it's foreigners, wh whether it's, you know, citizens of our country. Well, our country right now has a bunch of citizens, homeless people, veterans. We're doing a lot of things wrong just for people inside of our, 
our country also but i think the knee-jerk reaction for most people is hey i got my own problems and i think we have to to look beyond ourselves sometimes right yeah and i, I think uh, another issue with taxes is i feel like the government needs to do something about the income disparity like yeah. you were talking about yeah. um and i think yeah. a lot of that happens because like the whole trickle down effect you were think you were talking about mm. the more tax incentive you give to big companies they'll invest more into their businesses and create jobs that, some do like yeah. some do but i i'm gonna say generally they most don't, don't. Yeah. yeah they end up the money ends up going overseas like you know um apple they said they claimed their headquarters or somewhere in like scotland some random like city country in scotland or something like yeah. that and they dodged a lot of taxes that they would have paid if they were truthful and <laughs> and claimed their headquarters to be in in the u.s right yeah um so i actually think that the issue there is everyone in america is sold this dream right this dream of becoming rich one day like the american dream the american dream yeah. yeah so the even when people are poor they don't vote against like tax reforms that hurt the rich because not hurt but that tax the rich at a greater rate and it's because we cling on to this hope that we're going to be rich one day and we want the conditions of being rich to be favorable but more and more we see the the wealth being concentrated into a smaller and smaller group of people and yeah i think it's a huge issue because like i'm from korea and when i look at the korean economy and the korean government the uh, just korea in general i think korea is like controlled by like three big corporations sure like samsung hyundai yeah i don't know probably i don't know lg yeah maybe um but because of that like the the way that the wealth is pooled there um, the heirs of like the Samsung and like the Hyundai fortune, like they're starting to run, like start their own businesses. And because they have so much money, they're driving like all the mom and pop shops, pop shops out. Like yeah. they're, they're, they have their fingers in everything. Like the best sure. like buffet restaurant in Korea <laughs> is, is actually yeah. owned by one of the Samsung like kids. Diversify. Yeah. Like so, you know, there's a ongoing joke in Korea that like in Koreans say this. They say our kids are gonna like farm for Samsung one day. Like, the 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 big companies are gonna pretty much own everything, um, in in terms of means of production, right? And yeah, I think that's definitely where America is going. And I think the government's job is to keep that from happening. Yeah, I recently read that uh, Elizabeth Warner, you know the. Warren. Or, sorry, yeah. Warren, yeah, the 2020 Democratic presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. She said that um, she wants to break up big tech companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon, because yeah, they're too big. And I don't know how you feel about that. I actually don't think that's a terrible idea because um, there, there definitely does need to be something done. And another idea that I heard recently was someone saying that anyone who makes over I think the number was $10 million a year. Their income tax rate should be like 70%. What do you think about that? I can't remember her name, but the, the she's new. She's like a, uh, from New York. She's a House of Representative member. Uh, AOC, I can't remember her first name. but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. 
Cortez. She said that, you know, generally people think that's okay. And it's not uh, when you make $10 million, you get taxed 70% because that's ridiculous. Hmm. But after your $10 million, you get taxed at, at a higher rate upwards up to 70%. And I think people even who make that much money, they generally agree. Yeah, I think that's okay. Because yeah. uh, people who make that much, they uh, they... I mean, they want to help people, you know, right. uh, when you're that comfortable. So her question often is to people who oppose it. I don't know why you would, but like how much is enough? Like how mm. much do you need to have when it's like if you're making up more than $10 million a, uh, a year, you're probably pretty comfortable. Right, yeah. Like how much more in excess can you live while see while there's people right now living off of like less than. I mean, the poverty uh, level for, I think, um, for one person, it's like $12,000. People who yeah. are living less than $12,000 a year. Yeah. Like, and the, that's, yeah. that's actually the reason why Andrew Yang's uh, UBI number is $1,000 per person per month. Oh, for to, to just reach poverty. Yeah, just, just so that they can bring <laughs> okay. you up to the poverty line so that yeah. you can you have a little breathing room. So, yeah, I, I think this is the first, this is the only um, topic where we are pretty much you know aligned it doesn't seem to be much friction in this. yeah well yeah probably because we're, we're both, <laughs> yeah we're yeah. both not in the one percent so no not yeah. even yeah so like uh i think part of the problem is uh so i i think i lean belief wise more republican like i believe in free market i believe in all that stuff but the government needs to step in and they have before when when companies were becoming too big they, they are supposed to step in and because that hurts the consumer Right. When a company gets too yeah. big, they can just do whatever they want, charge whatever they want. And that's, of course, bad for everybody other than the big companies. And that's not good. I, I feel like if you break up Google and stuff like that, will that ruin like efficiency? Because they are able to produce really amazing things and, and like do stuff very well. But if you break that, it, they're pretty much like the industry almost. If you break them up, I don't know, will will it hurt? like development and, and just efficiency in general but i don't know like right now i think the biggest problem it's it's the the big money influences and in, in government mm. like uh, uh ben shapiro i'm not a big fan of his but he, he i think he's a pretty smart guy and he all, uh, often says like congressman you should not go into politics and come out like way way richer but that's the reality yeah, yeah. and that doesn't make any sense yeah uh, and uh the the people who have the power so the people who have the power to, to make decisions in our country is politicians. Uh, and the people who have the most influence over politicians is people with a lot of money. Yeah. So is this a, a good democracy? I don't know. Right. Like uh, literally my vote last uh, last year didn't count for the presidential. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. am I being heard? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, actually that's a... I'm just looking at the time. It's okay. We're going we're gonna to keep going. Because <laughs> the the final topic, um, the surprise topic is healthcare, and um, the cool. way you described um, that just now is is actually um, pretty aligned with what I want to discuss in terms of healthcare. Because I I think that the healthcare system in the U.S. is like very broken. Yeah. And yeah. Um, because but because of the way like the potential profits of that you can make in the healthcare industry. America yeah. admittedly does create a lot of advancements, a lot of different medication. We processes. have the best, like medical care. Yeah. Like yeah. Anyways. Yeah, but yeah. At what cost? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> what a lot. So, like, 
you know, there are people, this is a real thing. There are people who, when they need to go to the hospital, like they need an ambulance mm-hmm. because ambulances cost a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, they, people have been calling Ubers to take them to hospitals. Wow. Yeah. And Uber had to come out with like a actual statement and like they had to make policy changes because of That's that. That's crazy. So That's just crazy. imagine, th- think about like in the moment of like very extreme, like physical harm, you're needing to think about costs. Yeah, yeah. That's, and I feel like that's, that's a failing on the government's part because mm-hmm. if the government can't control healthcare costs, like what is it doing? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. If, if you have to sit there and think about, I'm going to risk my life mm. because if I do call an ambulance, I'm going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Or like if I go to this hospital, if I get chemotherapy or whatever, like I'm just going to be in debt. Like people are literally making decisions. Like, is this worth, like, is my life worth this dollar amount? And that just that blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, so the way I don't really know exactly how insurance works, but this is just my general understanding. If insurance, everybody bears a small burden then the people who have to who actually need it bear the least bear less of a burden right can we make that generalization yeah yeah so uh it sucks right now that people are being put into situations where i have to choose between my life or going bankrupt and i don't think anybody should you know have to face that i have to choose uh money or you know like my my life anyway yeah. so that that that's pretty silly First, I just, I don't know. I wish I knew where all that money was going because you go for like a minor thing to, to like a hospital and you come out with like, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars yeah. of, of, a, of, of a bill. Yeah. So I want to know what it, it makes it cost so much. But I think uh, like the universal health care system that we were trying to implement through Obamacare, uh, I don't like, was it perfect? No. Is our system right now yeah. perfect? No, it's super broken. But it was trying to make everybody bear a small burden so the people who need it the most. So like the people who suffer the most are people who actually need health insurance, who right. need the health care. And uh, I don't mind giving like a little bit. Like everybody give, gives just a little bit so those people don't have to choose between death or bankruptcy. I think that is not a bad thing. Yeah, and, and the main pushback to the uh, universal health care, Obamacare as they, they called it, was the fact that um, because of this whole idea of um, give spread the burden the cost the burden of the cost to a lot of people um, people there was a mandate to get health insurance right for yeah. people who didn't have it yeah. so that meant extra money out of their pockets and if you chose not to have health insurance then you had to pay a fine at the end of at the end of the year like a ta- extra tax for for not being insured mm-hmm. and um, yeah whenever you take money out of people's pockets, that's definitely always going to be a pushback, right? Yeah, like that's what they're looking at. They're not looking at the big picture. It's just, I mean, some people, a couple hundred bucks a month, it's huge. Yeah. That's like life-changing money. And I I get that, but at the end of the day, worst thing that happened to you, you spend a little money to get health insurance, okay? Uh, Like sometimes, let's just say, for instance, cancer. Cancer comes out of nowhere. Like you could be the healthiest person eating, right? And then all of a sudden, bam, like, your life could be just over. And if you don't have health insurance, what what are you going to do? Yeah. Most likely, though, most of those people, like most people who decided to pay the penalty versus actually getting health insurance, yeah, they probably won't need, need it. And I think that's the the mentality. I would rather save money now because most likely I won't need it. 
But again, like we as a society, we're choosing ourselves and just shifting burden away to people who have to bear the brunt of it. Right. And, and not only that, I think the other thing is the healthcare industry is just out of control. Yeah. Like, for example, to get a like for like a dentist to do a root canal in the U.S., it, you, they can charge like thousands of dollars. But I, I have a few uncles in Korea who um, are dentists. And for them, a uh, root canal can be like hundreds of dollars, which is like a factor of 10, which is crazy. And um, my uncle joked, he said, you know what? I should pay for a plane to bring all <laughs> these people like over because they'll end up paying less and I'll probably end up getting more money um, because the huge cost disparity between um, the U.S. and Korea. Yeah, I want to know why. Like, what are the factors? Like, please send David some information. Like, why is there you such know, a huge disparity? Actually, so I watched the... Do you know the show Adam Ruins Everything? No. So it's a it's a show on True TV, and it's basically a guy going around, and he's destroying misconceptions cool. that people have. And he ruined um, the healthcare system. And apparently, based, based on what he said, um, the reason why the costs of healthcare is so high is because when insurance companies first started coming around, um, they would go to hospitals and say, Hey, I'm bringing you all these people under my insurance. What are the discounts you can give me? And at first they would say, we can't give you much because like, that's what the cost is. And insurance companies would get upset and go elsewhere because they feel like they're not getting good enough of a deal. So what hospitals ended up doing is they, artificially inflated their costs so that they can say hey i can give you a 30 percent discount and, and that kind of just uh, propagated over time and it kind of just ran amok and that's why now we have situations where like people have to take out a like a second mortgage so that they can afford like insulin medication yeah which is like it's crazy like again i think it's a failing on the government's part because yeah why did they let let that happen to begin with and like, why is it, why are they continuing to allow this to happen? Yeah, somebody please uh, <laughs> give us the answer. To, to add on that a little bit, I saw, like, I can't remember where the question was. One of those websites where people come in and just answer questions. Yeah. The question was something about healthcare. So this person who's, like, a CT technician, yeah. that's her job. The, uh, apparently, like, the machine costs $200,000. Yeah, the machine is very expensive. To keep it running is very expensive. But then uh, you're charging like three thousand on on the low end for a scan, okay? Yeah. And the 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 dude was like, "We do hundreds of those, like a day or a week or something, like in a month. You're doing hundreds of those, so you're making your money back like very quickly." Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the technician himself had to go to school and like it. You have to pay him a salary, but I just can't imagine what other costs are involved to to make the margin not be outrageous. Right. Like what, I don't know. I just, yeah. And um, not to say that our our system right now, it's doing, it's bad. I mean, it is broken, I think in a lot of ways and, and the, yeah. the, the how much it costs th doesn't make any sense. But uh, we in America have the best like care. We have the best technology available. And that, that happens because, you know, it costs, it's money. It's like a yeah. financial investment. So, but I mean, yeah, we have the best care, but only for people who can afford it. Like absolutely, people at absolutely. the high end, like, yeah, sure. If you go to the Mayo Clinic, right, then you're gonna get the best healthcare in the like available in the world. But yeah, yeah. 
yeah. not in, you can't just that's like where the pope goes like you can't just roll stroll into the, the mayo pope comes clinic. here yeah no I, I think the pope does go to the mayo clinic yeah cool um so <laughs> yeah it's oh, yeah we have the best technology available yeah but it's not available for the majority of the citizens of the u.s sure yeah i agree yeah and I, I think that's why i keep saying it's a failing on the government's part because even if we sacrifice efficiency and some like advancements like it's important to take care of all the people who need healthcare. Yeah. And um, I, it's kind of a personal issue for me because my dad had a heart attack a few years back. Well, it's like, wow, it's like 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a long time ago, but um, I mean, he, he was a small business owner, so he, yeah. he actually had health insurance, uh-huh. so it was okay for him. But um, after that, he like during the 2008 recession, uh-huh. like he like yeah, yeah. had to close down his yeah. business and all that. But um, because he had a heart attack, he had a pre-existing condition. Just buying health insurance would have been like thousands of dollars a month. Yeah. But because of Obamacare, yeah, yeah. Um, he was subsidized and he got health care at an affordable rate. Yeah. Which like you, you can talk about numbers all you want. You can talk about the inconveniences to you all you want. What, what a couple extra hundred dollars a month is. But on the other end, on the receiving end, there is a life there. There is people who literally it's a life or death situation. Yeah. Like, no. okay, so not to bring it all the way back yeah. to the first topic we're talking about. Yeah. Why, like, we're valuing life in just so different, like, you know, like, what are we measuring? Because <laughs> there are people without, because we are trying to get rid of universal health care, I think it added like 20 million extra people got it. Mm-hmm. And there are countless stories of people, if I didn't have Obamacare, I would have literally died or yeah. become homeless so yeah like you're you're saying it's okay i don't mind that some poor people are dying but i just don't want to pay a little bit extra yeah yeah i don't i don't know, I don't know. and you know what's really puzzling to me is is the fact that um evangelicals make up the the i i want to say the majority of the conservative base right yeah like Republicans tend to be like Christians or, you know, supposed Christians. Yeah. But it's, it's those same people who are opposing healthcare, like universal healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know. So again, like I think the heart of the issue is mm. it's not my problem. I don't want it to affect me. I just don't want to pay for it. Yeah. And that's like, let's go back to Christianity for a little bit, man. Yeah. I, to me, I have a hard time reconciling those two things. Like, I know some people who love Jesus and uh, this is, I want to be super like anonymous and not bring not call anybody out. But generally, like I think a lot of the Christians I know who are conservative and they love God. I, yeah. I don't deny that they love God, but then there is this discrepancy, this disconnect between loving other people. And it's, yeah, for me, I think we're supposed to even like go into poverty to be helping other people. It's not, Hey, you have enough. So people who have enough, you're uh, you're supposed to help other people. No, uh, the Bible actually talks about the the lady with the two copper coins. You know, yeah. she gave all that she could, even though she needed just as much. And and what did Jesus say? Like he, he pointed to her and said, "That's what I want you to be like." And I think there is this weird illogical disconnect that's happening right now. And I don't know if you don't think so, that's fine. And and if you don't want to talk to me anymore, that's fine. I just <laughs> I just want to understand more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So again, with every other point, if you like, because Jim and I are 
in agreement for this point. If you have the opposing view and like you feel like it's a reasonable, logical, um, reasonable and logical <laughs> standpoint, <laughs> then yeah, let us know because we we really do want to know, and that's really what the heart of this episode is. It's not yeah. trying to convince people one way or the other. It's all about understanding different perspectives. It's all about understanding that every issue is very complicated and it's not a black or white, you know, thing. So yeah, yeah, man, we we covered it's a been lot. Like two hours? No, 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 no. Not it hasn't been that long, has it? An hour and a half. At okay, least. yes. Okay, then yeah. <laughs> so we, I think we covered a lot. Um, obviously, for voters out there, these four topics is not you know everything. There's a lot more out there. Um, it's, it's overwhelming, but as our civic duty, um, as voters, I think, um, yeah, we should be involved. We should be informed and have these kind of conversations that Jim and I had today. Um, yeah, I'm not mad at David. Yeah. Yeah. No. These are, I think, good to flesh out ideas and, and more than anything, these conversations, you, you can see the other side. And I think that's where we're really struggling nowadays. We don't see the For other sure. side. Yeah. No. So because like when you're like so firmly rooted in one standpoint it's so easy to say that other people are just illogical other people are stupid they're they don't know what you're talking about yeah and that's i think we need to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and what i mean by that is everyone has a reasonable logical reason why they think that what they're thinking it might be a conclusion they come to through misunderstanding misconceptions or false facts but that doesn't nullify you know the re like their reasonability like their logical like, sure. thought process right so i think the more we understand the better we can you know communicate our ideas and that might i, I think unity really is is the the big thing that we're going for here yeah yeah so um yeah guys thank you so much for listening i know we kind of hopped around a lot um but these are very complicated and multifaceted issues so thanks for sticking with us today um jim uh is there hey actually do you want to talk about the other thing that we're we're trying to do on this episode i mean yeah just give the listeners a tease oh yeah sure well first i just want to my closing statement yeah, is, yeah, yeah. don't be mad at me <laughs> <laughs> so i i think i i skew a little bit more Maybe like so. I think I'm a. Con I'm actually. I actually believe I'm conservative, but no, some no. of my viewpoints was a little liberal. Well, they don't know which viewpoints were ours or which ones we were just being devil's ad advocate sure, for. Sure. Yeah. So. so you know what? Like, um, at the end of the day, I think, yeah. Like, um, if you have disagreeing opinions, please just let us know. Yes. And uh, disclaimer: like, I, I'm I'm seriously worried a little bit about about backlash, because. <laughs> Yeah, these are very polarizing topics. No, yeah, but no, but it's I think it's good because if we didn't talk about it and people were just silent about it, then there's no real dialogue and only through dialogue can we understand each other. So Sure, sure. Yeah. Again, at the end of the day, we just want people to to be more like curious about yeah, this yeah. stuff and not just listen to what other people I think the biggest thing, don't listen just listen to other what other people are telling you. And uh, the most important thing in a democracy, again, it's for all of its citizens to be well-informed. For sure, yeah. And the next episode, do you want to... So dating. 
can we talk about something fun <laughs> <laughs> next time? No, actually, no. I was gonna say you want to plug the other project that that we have in the works. What's the other project? The the thing. You don't want to talk about which thing. I really don't know what what thing is. With the with the PUBG. PUBG. Yeah. Pubcast. Pubcast. <laughs> oh, if that ever comes into fruition, I mean, we're it's more like a technical technological barriers. Yeah. We just don't know how to to know how to record and stream so audio I, and video. What we're doing is a. Uh, it's going to be called Pubcast, and I'm just plugging it for, for now because we really want to do it one day, um, and it would be something that Jim and I do uh, regularly together. So Yeah, but um, right now it's capacity and yeah. technology yeah. mostly. So, yeah, um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you have any feedback, I'm sure... Please, yes. I'm sure you'll have a lot. <laughs> um, please email me at ihth, uh, pod. Yeah, podcast at gmail.com. It's, I hope they hear this. So, ihth podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have any, again, don't just address it to me or Jim because the ideas that we spoke on today, you don't know which ones are ours, which ones we were just uh, playing dev- devil's advo- advocate for. So, sure. um, these aren't our personal mm. uh, ideas. You don't know which ones are. We're going to keep that private. So, yeah. Um, yeah, address it to the podcast and yeah we want to be able to talk about it in future episodes um and give a even more well-rounded perspective on all these mm. all these topics mm. thank you for listening to my show <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh jim jim he's a he's a character um but he alluded to alluded to uh, uh something um a while uh, a few minutes ago and it's the fact that i'm actually going to have jim on again for uh i hope the i hope young men seeking romantic relationships hear this part two so i I did part one with jonathan and jim had some ideas of his own that he wanted to talk about so the unmarried perspective (laughs) yeah so there's gonna be a part two on that next week um so look forward to that and yeah guys thank you so much for listening and uh to my show (laughs) to my (laughs) show and uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week thank you bye bye